Alright, so I was looking on Reddit, as I do, in the uh, IRS subreddit, and I saw this interesting question that I think uh, some people might be asking out there in my viewership. Um, it's basically about the statute of limitations. Someone's had an older tax debt. They themselves are now older. What should they do? Has the tax debt dropped off? Do you have to like go through a process to get the tax debt to drop off? What should a person in this situation do? So I'm going to read uh, this, this uh, question here from Reddit. Then I'm just going to share my off-the-cuff thoughts uh, as a tax relief professional on uh, how I would approach this case just with the limited information we have. So uh, this individual says, I'm trying to dig through past posts. Apologies if this has been answered before. What are the best resources to learn about statute of limitations? Well, I'd say my, my videos are a good place to start. Uh, will being on an installment of plan affect being able to qualify? Does the IRS automatically forgive at 10 years or do you need to go through a process? My 82-year-old dad is paying over $1,000 a month on taxes assessed from capital gains. I think these might be close to 10 years old. Also, is there any recourse for tax payments for seniors we can look into? These payments take a large chunk of his Social Security benefits, not leaving much money for basic living expenses. So um, let me just answer the questions first. What are the best resources to learn about the statute of limitations? Well, the, the best resource is the Internal Revenue Manual, <laughs> the Internal Revenue Code. If you don't want to wade through all that info, check out my videos on the statute of limitations. Um, will being on an installment plan affect being able to qualify? I, I, I think he's thinking of uh, the, the statute of limitations expiring as like a kind of a tax resolution that you have to qualify for. Um, the answer to that is no. Getting into an installment agreement can toll uh, the statute of limitations a little bit, right, while that installment agreement's being considered and 30 days thereafter if it's denied and there's some other nits there. But in generally, that doesn't really affect the statute that much. Uh, does the IRS automatically forgive at 10 years or do you need to go through a process? So um, to use his language or her language here, yes, the IRS does automatically forgive at 10 years plus the duration of any tolling events that the, t that the statute was told. It's not really forgiveness, it's just the statute expired, right? Um, there are, in rare circumstances, some things that the government can do to extend the statute. It can reduce, uh, or at least the time that the government has to collect, it can reduce the tax to a judgment and think, or the, um, the assessment to a judgment and things like that. Those are very extremely infrequent. The IRS has to get the DOJ involved, not something you're probably going to see for an 82-year-old man's uh, capital gains taxes, unless this is some huge, immense amount. Um, but so I would say to this individual, look, call the IRS, or first of all, know which tax years you're talking about here, right? Because he says, I think these might be close to 10 years old. I think it might be. He doesn't know. He doesn't know how old uh, this tax debt is. Um, and it, do it doesn't matter when the money was earned. It matters when the tax was assessed, right? So if his dad filed his tax return a few years late, right, the IRS wouldn't have assessed it until that later time that it was assessed, right, or shortly thereafter he filed the return, usually within six weeks. Um, so first I would tell this individual, look, go the pull the account transcripts for your dad, figure out which years he owes uh, and, w you know, when the returns were filed, and then call the IRS, ask them for the CSED dates, the collection statute expiration dates for each one of these tax years. That will tell them exactly when the tax debt is going to drop off. If it's going to drop off like imminently, like very soon, like within the next few months, uh, what we would probably do is just have them... Um, default on the IA. <laughs> you know, I mean, I don't know if I should be, you know, saying that here, but um, yeah, because anyway, um, 
so where where was I? Uh, now, if it's a little if it now, but if these statute dates are farther out, well, that's a different story. Um, in this case, uh, your dad has uh, well. In this case, I would say, look, if these if, if paying a thousand dollar a month to the IRS is not leaving him much money for basic living expenses, I would say that he should fill out a four thirty three F, right. Now, he might have some assets, right, some liquid assets, you know, which could kind of make this a little more complicated. But assuming he doesn't, because uh, it sounds like he doesn't have a lot of money for basic living expenses. So that tells to me he's not, like, rolling in, in cash, right? He's basically living off his Social Security checks, less than 1000 bucks, right, that he has to pay the IRS every month. I would say fill out that 433F form, right, showing your income and expenses, Right, understand how the national standards work, the IRS national and local standards, because they're going to cap your living expenses at certain amounts, and see where you shake out. See where that disposable income is. This is what we do for our clients, right? We send them a, a questionnaire. We ask them over the phone, okay, how much do you make? What are your expenses for this or that or the other? And not the IRS isn't going to accept all those expenses, and we have to go back and forth with the IRS and get them to accept some of the expenses we're trying to claim. But at the end of the day, whatever that disposable income figure is, Right on that 433F, that's all they can make this man pay. Right, in an installment agreement, assuming he doesn't have any accessible assets. So I would say go there. The you know in some cases we see, especially with older folks, you know especially the way the standards work, um, you know sometimes they're just in a non-collectible position and they don't have to pay anything. Uh, sometimes, right? Or at least he's, he can get maybe into a PPIA that would result him in paying a lot less than $1,000 a month, right? But you got to do the math. You got to work through the 433F uh, and see, well, what's his actual disposable? You have to understand how the IRS figures work. I've covered this in other videos um, to figure out what that disposable income is because the IRS can't demand that he pay monthly more than that disposable income amount, right? If it's figured according to IRS um uh, procedures and rules. Okay, so that, that's what I would say. Uh, check on the CSEDs, um, and then if the CSEDs are a little further out than you think, okay, look into getting him into a better resolution than a $1,000 a month payment plan. It could be CNC, right, current non-collectible status, if you can show no disposable income, or maybe a PPIA, a partial payment installment agreement, um, if you can show uh, less disposable income than a $1,000 a month or whatever the amount would be to pay the, uh, to pay the balance off by the statute. So, um, I have some other, I have some videos here on the left hand side of the screen about CNC and, and PPIA. Uh, if you have any questions about your tax situation, you owe a lot of money to the IRS, you have unfiled returns, reach out to us at choicetaxrelief.com. Give us a call, 866-8000-TAX. You can book a consultation there. Or when you go to choicetaxrelief.com, just click the, the thing at the, 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 the button at the top at the top menu that says free consultation. You can book a free consultation with us. All right, folks. Thanks so much for watching. See you in the next video. Bye-bye.